We work six days and rest one. This is the order of things, and it's right from the beginning of Scripture. We work six days, we rest one. And I'll be honest with you, I am terrible at this. It is so easy for me to get into an over-functioning work mindset. And honestly, for the better part of the last 15 months, I'm averaging somewhere between 60 and 70 hours of work a week. I don't think any of you are to blame for that. There's not a single person outside of myself that has put that pressure on me. I don't get hassled by committees. I don't get emails from someone telling me I'm not doing my job. On the contrary, it's just me. It's my internal rhythm. It's my understanding of what I think the job needs from me and where I need to spend my time. A lot of these extra hours were dedicated to when we were doing online worship and trying to teach myself how to edit videos. And it just takes a lot of time. A lot of these hours needed to be put in to learn how to engage and to offer something spiritual to you, but it just caused me to never stop. This last year has been a lot, like a whole lot. Like, I think it's going to take years, maybe at least months, for us to process what we've had to hold and to unpack how we've been affected over the last year. Last weekend was the first weekend, so not yesterday, but last weekend. It was the first time in 2021, in the better part of 2020, that I did not work on Friday or Saturday. Instead, I mulched our two big trees in the front yard. I mowed our lawn. I played with our kids. I went for a long run in our neighborhood. I got to play catch with my son in the backyard, and I had a dance party in the kitchen with my daughter. It was the first time I did not turn on my computer all weekend. It was the first time I did not answer an email on Friday or Saturday. It was the first time in 2021 and for the majority of 2020 that I dedicated, carved out in my work week, an actual Sabbath. Which is just terrible to hear that said out loud. Like, really terrible. And I'm being very confessional here. It is not good. Like, not good at all for you to hear your spiritual guide, the guy that you helped pay his salary to demonstrate what this Christian life looks like. And I'm up here admitting that I don't adhere to a regular Sabbath. I wasn't actively trying to avoid it. I would have wanted it. I was unconscious to what I was doing. I definitely didn't, I definitely did fun things last year and over the course of 2021, and I do experience downtime. I've, I've watched movies. There are things that I've done that are lighthearted and fun, but just more or less, I unconsciously accepted the lie that the work I was doing demanded all my time that what I needed to finish was so time-sensitive it took precedence over my personal needs. I mean, we're in a global pandemic. 
Everything was shifting and confusing and stressful and hard. I was working from home, but also balancing the staff's needs and the community's needs and your needs and trying to figure out how we can be church when we can't be together. Every day, I would connect with church members and hear stories of people's lives of how their life was falling apart, and I needed to figure out how to jump in and help. And so I just worked. I turned on the computer, and then everything got disordered. Now, I will say, the last year has not been all bad. I have cultivated some extremely healthy spiritual practices throughout my day, which I've never had done before. I would argue that I'm listening and connecting with God in a conscious way more than I have at any point in my life. And a lot of this is I've just started running. I run all the time in our neighborhood, and it's become a prayer practice for me. I value now the way the mind, body, and spirit relate to one another and how God intercedes in that. And so honestly, I feel connected to God probably more than I ever have been. And I feel as healthy as I have been in decades. But because I am adding all of these things into my life, it has given me permission to let go of subtracting things in my life. A true Sabbath is a holy, dedicated time of rest and play. And that's what I've missed. So my spiritual practices, they're present. My physical body is healthy, and yet I'm still bone-tired, soul-weary, worn out, slogging through the day, and I feel slow. Have you ever sat at your computer and you had so many things open on your computer that your computer was just struggling to keep up and it was just lagging to really launch the program you're trying to launch? In reality, your computer is actually working as hard as it's ever worked. It's all behind the scenes trying to keep up with everything you've told it to do. But what you're seeing on the screen is a slogging attempt at loading the content right in front of you. That's the way I have felt over the past year. I am running faster than I ever have, physically, emotionally, but what's out in front? What is hitting the world and culture in front of me? It feels like I'm stuck in quicksand. I'm slow. I'm worn out. I'm slogging. You know how you fix your computer when it starts lagging? You turn it off. You shut it down. You literally unplug, if you can, and plug it back in. We are no different. So I want you to know, even though my soul is connected to God, I still feel disordered. And what I need is to give myself permission to experience the holy rhythm of rest. We're to work six days and rest one. This is the order of things. And it was written into the Bible at the very beginning. But I haven't been doing that. I work seven days and rest none. And I'm just wondering, 
have you lost sight of this order too? This is probably a good time to invite you into the larger conversation of our summer sermon series, which we're titling Order, Disorder, Reorder. Things exist in a natural order, only until complexity and time or pressure enter the fray. Inevitably, things break down. Things change or die or harden or loosen, whether we want them to or not. This loosening, it disorders the original design. It forces creative tension, thus making disorder inevitable. Summer will always give way to fall, but fall always gives way to spring. Order, disorder, reorder. There's always a change in leadership. We're in the midst of a global pandemic and there always seems to be something that big happening. There's always new competitors in business or a new software that you have to learn or new protocols or new health codes and new educational standards. There's always a graduation and an other class coming up. Order always gives way to disorder. Well, the same is true for our faith. And that's not a bad thing. Disorder is not evil. It's unavoidable. And it's also the necessary death that occurs in our lives. This is actually, I would argue, and what we'll argue this summer, is the way for true transformation. We have to enter into the disorder. But we can't stay there. And that's a very important point. We need to make sure we know that disorder is never the end goal. The wisdom of all things calls for us to enter eventually into reorder. And this pattern is so universal that it's also found in the overarching narrative of Scripture. And so that's what we're going to explore together in the sermon series. Order, disorder, reorder. Creation, exile, Jesus. Order, disorder, reorder. There's a rhythm to this world that existed from the beginning. Genesis literally opens in the beginning and then describes how the world unfolds beautifully. This rhythm helps create a healthy order for things. God works six days and rests one. We're to work six days and rest one. This order matters, so I wonder why we don't take it more seriously. Dr. Brene Brown says we most definitely should. She has a tiny little book she wrote about 10 years ago called The Gifts of Imperfections. She has a chapter in there on how to cultivate rest and play. She argues if you're going to live a wholehearted life, we would say to live a Christian life, rest and play are not suggestions. They're absolutely necessary to our well-being. We will never fully be the person God intends for us to be if we are not resting and playing, because otherwise we're disordered. I really hope that you have an active way of engaging rest. I hope you have moments where you can shut it all down or to reboot, to turn off the mind or the laptop or the worry that you carry in your soul. Because you only get one chance at living today 
and participating or attending that thing or spending time with that person or engaging with that child. But you can't fully be present if you're too tired or you feel like your mind is somewhere else because you've now disordered your priorities. And I am 100% preaching to the choir here. Not that choir, this choir, me. I know what I'm describing sounds so easy and lighthearted, but it is anything but. We are addicted to work. We can't turn it off. We're addicted to succeeding and driving or influencing. We're addicted to doing more or building more or being more. We're addicted to outrunning our shame or to feel like we're not alone or we're just addicted to winning. So we grind and we work and we strive and we achieve. But for what? There's a new book out by one of my favorite authors. Simon Sinek wrote The Infinite Game. He's I love him. He's a leadership guru, so it's not a religious book. It's a leadership book about business and how we engage. I want to tell you about this book, but it's not, I'm not going to ruin it for you if you want to read it. This is nothing you can't see in his intro videos on YouTube about the book. We are finite creatures. We have a beginning and we have an end. When we play games like baseball or Phase 10 together, those are finite games too. There's a beginning and there's an end. So we learn the rules to finite games and we play those games as well as we can and we try to win. The goal of finite games is to beat your opponent or to run faster or to win. But there are infinite games that exist too in which there is no ending. And there's, but yet you still have to play. And in those games, your mindset has to be different. It can't be about winning. What are you winning if there's no end? What are you striving for or working towards when there's no end in sight and no chance of measured success? When you play infinite games, you have to change when you're dealing with this new game. Your mindset has to shift. Your approach has to change. Life is an infinite game. You're finite. Life is not. It will outlast you. We will die. Life will continue. And so what are you striving for? Your business that pays your salary is infinite. It will outlast you. There will be another person to do the job you're paid to do. Someone else will step in and you will stop. So what does success look like when there's no winning and the game is infinite? Who do you need to be in that reality? I'd argue someone who is so conscious, so self-aware, that you realize there's no reason to wear yourself out or down, and you can accept the beautiful gift of Sabbath. Even the God of the universe, who is infinite, understood the need to rest. Look at the beginning of chapter 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all their multitude, 
And on the seventh day, God finished the work that He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all the work that He had done. So God blessed the seventh day, hallowed it, because on, God, on that day, God rested from all the work that He had done in creation. God worked six days and rested one. Embedded into the beginning of Scripture is this universal rhythm of order. Now I could spend six months preaching on the power of what happened on days one through six because they are absolutely amazing. But the operative angle that you need to hold today and that you need to really give thought to is why God included day seven. The story of creation absolutely does not need day seven. The world was created perfectly in six days. It exploded onto the scene by the Big Bang, and God majestically builds containers to hold space and earth and plants and stars. Vegetation was a work of art. Humans, both female and male, are birthed in the God's own likeness. The story doesn't need another chapter. It doesn't need day seven. Think about it. It doesn't add anything to the creation story. It is not needed to tell how all things began other than it establishes the true order of things. Day seven unveils the wisdom pattern of life that we must learn to rest. So here's the big question. Have you learned this yet? Do you maintain a balance of rest and play? If not, like me, we're suffering for it. When I shut it all down last week, when I disengaged, guess what happened? The world didn't fall apart. Things were right where I left them when I returned to them. And my mind was clear, my soul was lighter, I was less anxious, more present, and more willing to laugh and tell stories with those around me. I just needed to unplug and so do we. And not just once. This isn't a one-time thing where you go on vacation this year and then another one next year. We need the regular rhythm of Sabbath. Now that doesn't mean it has to be on Saturday or Sunday. Not everyone has the luxury of getting the weekends off or, or they can just shut it all down on an entire day on the weekend. Some of us have to care for a family member or do have to work, so don't shame yourself for not having your weekends free. If it helps, the Pharisees tried to shame the disciples in the Gospels and about working on the Sabbath, and then Jesus responded to the Pharisees like this. Well, you know, humans weren't made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a gift for the humans. In other words... Be careful not to let Sabbath become an idol or a weapon to be wielded. Sabbath is a gift from God, and it's an embedded reminder that it is necessary for you to rest and play. So if you're like me and have gone too far too long by sidestepping holy rest or adding more into your life, even if those things are life-giving, well, tomorrow is a national holiday. 
and you have the luxury of shutting it down, if you have that luxury, I implore you to try it. Rest. Play. Do something that turns it all off and allows you to be present before the Lord. Do something that makes you feel like a kid again. Laugh. Be silly. Dance to a good song. If you have the ability, spend time with people that you love or go and experience nature. Allow yourself the gift that God has been trying to give since day seven. Rest. And if you do, I bet you'll say by the end of that day tomorrow, wow, this was very good. <laughs>